0: ...any of them here, and losing our own stability. No, we come to Paul recognizing that we're going to have to work a little bit to get his message, but also recognizing the fact, I think, that one of the difficulties of Paul is that we have always heard him out of context. Unless you have been an avid reader of the Scriptures, and if you have been Catholic all your lives, you have not been... But unless you have been avid readers of the scriptures, you very often have not read Paul in context, because we've heard him in the liturgy. That's about where we heard uh, Paul. Now, that may be true of the Gospels as well, but you see, the Gospels were remembered in little stories and segments over a period of 30 and 40 years. And most of the stories and the segments of the Gospels, while they take on new meaning in their theological context of the theologians, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, nevertheless, there is a certain completeness and certain self-contained reality to each of the Gospel stories. And so, therefore, when we hear them on Sunday, we can get a great deal out of them, even though we do not have them in context. With Paul, this is not so. When we take a segment of Paul and read it in the liturgy, we are taking a paragraph out of a letter which was written to resolve a problem in a church. And we are reading that one paragraph as if it had a meaning in itself. And very often it will depend for its meaning on its context within the letter of St. Paul. And that's why sometimes we have difficulty with him, because we have him out of context. Now, in the history of the church, this has led to every heresy imaginable. Practically speaking, every heresy that we have known in the history of the church has been based upon a statement of St. Paul. That was ripped out of context. And that is why many people have called Paul the first Protestant. Is see, Because he was very, he was a great favorite of the Protestant reformers. Because they could go to one or another of his letters and find out a statement that would justify what they believed. And of course, We were not far behind the Protestant reformers for that, because in my course of studies in theology, what we always did was prove the Protestants wrong in their statements about St. Paul justifying their belief by doing the same thing they did and ripping statements of St. Paul out of context and beating them over the head with it to prove that we were really right and they were wrong. So, Paul has suffered from Christians. Paul has suffered from theologians. And Paul has suffered because he will make a statement. It not be, may not be terribly well thought out, but he knows what is the context of the Christian faith that he has preached to the people, or that they have had preached to them. And so, therefore, he can presume a certain amount of understanding and knowledge on their part. And so he doesn't hesitate to say some things that, if they're ripped out of context, may be very misleading. Perhaps his most important uh, letter is his letter to the Romans. And he opens the letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 3. And he says, what I'm bringing you is the good news about his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born from the line of David according to the flesh and was designated son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. That can easily be taken to be the foundation of the heresy of adoptionism that he became the Son of God in his resurrection. And that is what in the early church, the heretics who were the adoptionists wanted us to believe, that Jesus was not the eternal Son of God, but he was one who was...